This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing, Monica? So ready to get on Argo. So much pent-up Argo. <laughs> oh, wow. I thought I was the one that had to make the bad puns. Good job. You're learning. Good job. <laughs> this is part two of episode number 23 of Cinema Fix, focusing on the movie Argo. So if you're looking for part one, you're listening to the wrong file. Go listen to part one. If this is your first time listening to Cinema Fix, you should be aware that this is a show on Film Geek Radio devoted to discussion of mainstream blockbuster films, and each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part is a general, spoiler-free discussion, and the second part, which you're listening to right now, is the more in-depth analysis of the film, complete with spoilers. And it's designed to be listened to after you've heard part one. Again, this is part two, so if you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening now. You can go check out part one of our episode on Argo. We're going to assume that you've seen the movie if you're listening to part two. Before we really start to dive in and an- analyze it, here's a clip. Where's your passport issued? Vancouver. Where were we born? Toronto. Toronto. Canadians don't pronounce the T. Some comate guard is actually going to know that. If you're detained for questioning, they will bring in someone who knows that. Yes. Mary, who are the last three prime ministers of Canada? Uh, Trudeau, Pearson, and Diffenbaker. What's your father's name? Howard. What's his occupation? Fisherman. Where were you born? Halifax, Nova Scotia. Which date of birth? February 21st, 1952. Good. What's your job on the movie? Producer. Associate producer. What was the last movie you produced? Uh, high, high and Dry. Who paid for that? CFTC. What's your middle name? What's your middle name? What's your middle name? Leon? Shoot him. He's an American spy. Look, they're going to try to break you, okay, by trying to get you agitated. You have to know your resume back to front. You really believe your little story is going to make a difference when there's a gun to our heads? I think my story is the only thing between you and a gun to your head. All right, Monica, there's so much we can talk about with Argo. Where would you like to begin? Apparently we should start with the government, because we have some stuff to say. Yes, that was something that came up in part one. Apparently you think the film is a little bit too pro-government? Okay, so now that I'm kind of thinking about it, maybe not so much pro-government, but it's like, obviously we're still on the side of the government. Like, you know, he is, like, uh, Tony Mendez is eventually the guy that, you know, saves the day, and the government pulls all the right strings in order to make this happen, because otherwise, wow, that would have been a really sad ending. You know, uh, I do do hand him credit that they provide the backstory, for the Iran hostage crisis and how uh, the Shah was placed with U.S. and British backing. And then they do mention um, the beginning of the issues with Afghanistan back in the 80s with the Soviet Union. So I think there are hints to the issues of us getting involved with the affairs of other countries, but it's not so explicit as it probably could have, should have, maybe, perhaps would have been there is a small amount of cynicism i think compared okay compared to the cynicism around the hollywood scenes not enough right i want to talk about that more in a little bit okay i I think you're right that the film does kind of acknowledge 
that the U.S. that that U.S. foreign policy played a role mm-hmm. in causing these events to eventually occur. Yes. So it acknowledges to some extent that this was our chickens coming home to roost, so to speak. Yeah. But in in terms of the government and the administration and and, and the bureaucracy, I feel like the movie. Yes, it's ultimately kind of like, yay, government for sending in this exfiltration agent to get out these people. Good for them. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the way the movie is structured, it is trying to portray Ben Affleck as this heroic figure, and it's trying to keep the suspense going. So the second half of the film, the government's kind of screwing up. Mm-hmm. And Washington basically says, no, we can't get them out. Don't do it. And Tony Mendez, played by Ben Affleck, stands up and says, well, I'm going to do it anyway. So just deal with it. Leaving them to kind of scramble to make sure things will be okay when he takes them to the airport. So I do think that it does portray them in a slightly negative light. But ultimately, you're right. They do come across as the heroes at the end of the day. Mm Mm-hmm. And actually, that's kind of where the movie fell apart for me, was in that second half, when you can feel it, it. It feels too much like a typical Hollywood story, where you've got the one guy, the one hero, standing up to the bureaucracy, saying, no, I'm going to do the right thing, I'm going to get these people out. Mm-hmm. And that's not historically accurate. <laughs> and it feels very forced. Well, tell the story. What's the story? Well, Slate wrote a... a massive article all about the historical inaccuracies and and from what i can recall basically there wasn't much trouble (laughs) getting them out through the airport i mean that's exactly what i thought like my dad asked me do you think they really stopped them that many times and i'm like you know what by the time they realized that something was up they were probably already in the united states having the celebration (laughs) yes but this movie because that would be boring this movie, yes. it's just one obstacle after another. It's, oh, we're shutting down the operation. Well, I'm going to go anyway. It's, yeah. oh, no, we have to make sure that they get the tickets on time. Oh, we have to make sure that they get through the interrogation session. Oh, mm-hmm. we have to make sure that there's th- there's a car chase, in quotes. There's a quote-unquote car chase Yeah. on the tarmac with all of these government vehicles chasing after this airplane once they realize that these uh, Americans are on board. Mm -hmm. And it's just so over the top. I was kind of rolling my eyes like, you've got to be kidding me. This did not happen. Yeah, no, that last scene was the one that I had the most problem with easily because that gets so ridiculous that, again, like some people in the audience I was in today were even laughing because that's when it's like, this is, okay, we got into Hollywood la-la land. Because there, there's no way all this is happening at the same time and with, you know, with such intensity. Right. And, and that's honestly my problem with most true story films. Did they falsify? I mean, so the thing, that, the good thing is you know that it's not a documentary. Like, I think I would have lost my mind over that. You know, it, it's, it's not just the fact that they falsify things. It's the fact that they falsify it in a way that conforms to these really traditional Hollywood tropes oh, that yeah. we've seen before. Mm-hmm. And you kind of know, oh, it has to follow this beat and then this beat, and then he's going to feel tortured, and then he's going to decide to come back and save the day, and then there will be some obstacles, and then ultimately they'll get away and everyone will be happy. And it's just, it's, it's fun to watch, but it's predictable. 
mm-hmm. and there aren't any real surprises. And that's why I come away from most true story films feeling a little bit disappointed. I, I kind of feel like if you're gonna take some artistic license and falsify events, just go all out. You know, just make it highly stylized. Oh, I was gonna say, like, define go all out, because I think three checkpoints at an airport and there being a problem with every single one of them would be a, like, okay, come on now. Just just let them go through at this point. <laughs> no way. They just happen to solve the, the mystery of who's missing from the list and tie it to the photos that they took of the Americans walking through the bazaar at that very moment. And they made that panic phone call in the airport, sending a guy running through there, pushing women over. Like, it gets it gets melodramatic at this point. Okay, let me throw out a, a crazy example. And, of course, many people will say that this isn't actually based on a true story. But I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> okay. Think about that film and how it's quote-unquote based on historical events. events. yeah. And yet it's so... You, you can tell there's an artistic vision behind that film. Mm-hmm. You know, like it or hate it, it can't be denied that Mel Gibson kind of brought his own unique touch to that movie and there's crazy stuff with like the devil appearing in the in crowds and really interesting uh cinematography and these elements of symbolism being thrown in and it was it's very much a highly stylized depiction of 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 those events Mm -hmm. whereas argo just kind of feels to me like your typical action thriller there's not a whole lot left open to interpretation. I don't know. In terms of the, if you want to talk about a filmmaking vision, so to speak, mm-hmm. it's kind of traditional, kind of boring. Does that make sense? I mean, so maybe perhaps what was so shocking about The Passion was the fact that they, you know, put the ultraviolence back into the brutality of, you know, the story of the killing of Christ. <laughs> Um, right. I mean, there are, that, that that film, that whole movie is basically just one giant Caravaggio painting. Yeah. And the the way that he approached those passages in the Bible w- were just fascinating mm-hmm. to me. How he translated certain things to the screen and the, just the decisions he made. Again, particularly when when dealing with the devil mm-hmm. <laughs> actually showing up. Um, and how he cast the devil and, and, and certain things like that. Yeah. It was just a really interesting, some really interesting decisions. Whereas the decisions in Argo, particularly in the second half, they aren't interesting to me. Yeah, because it's been there, done that. Right. No, I, I totally agree with you on that. That's what I mean when I say I would much rather see a film. If, you, if you're going to take a true story, I would much rather see a filmmaker try to really put their own unique stamp and their own unique interpretation Mm -hmm. on things, as opposed to just, hey, let's tell this story accurately up to a point, and then just do some traditional storytelling beats. I mean, so the question would be, like, how would you have interpreted? Because they already did the whole based on true story, so they could take it wherever they want from there. But just, like, how far is too far away from the original source? And ultimately, would it turn audiences off if they didn't get the the sort of tension payoff at the end? I don't know. Not many filmmakers do that. So that's 
that's probably our problem, that we're so tired of seeing the same old, same old. What's interesting to me is that apparently, in real life, the Canadian ambassador mm -hmm. actually played a very large role in, that, in the whole operation. Mm. And he contributed a lot to the idea and just was a major player in getting those Americans out of Iran. And in the film, he's there, but he doesn't really do a whole lot, except say, here, stay in my house. Yeah. So, so that's the question, I think, of audience and, and demographics. Why did they not choose to stay accurate? Why did they choose to focus it on Tony Mendez? Was it because they felt like an American audience would be more accepting of an American hero? I personally feel like it would have been much more interesting if the Canadian ambassador had been the main character, because he's the one that has to deal with the constant pressure of, oh, what if they find yeah. these people that I'm hiding? Um, I feel like that would make for a much more interesting depiction of events, and it would be accurate. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't know. What do, what do you think about that approach to the story and the way that they chose to ultimately depict it? I mean, I get. I think the way that it ultimately is that the end scene, it just it makes it ridiculous. It, it reminds you that you're watching a Hollywood movie. He could have, if he if he left it, I think at like maybe two really well done like stop and check the path. You know, like the end part when they stopped them right at the gate is like, and then you know they have to. Sh tell a story and then that guy who does a great job in Farsi he just goes off and you know gets really excited do all the sound effects of the movie and stuff like that and then you know they call I feel like they should have just it left it there <laughs> <laughs> well no that's really that scene alone that could have that's enough nail biting to like oh my god and he really sells them on the story and then they let him go by there didn't need to be a car chase even I'll even allow the fact that they were second on the tarmac to go they were in the line and I could hear other people who had, oh, my God. <laughs> like, right. You know, <laughs> you know, that's enough suspense right there. And then, you know, you have cops running out, busting down windows. And, you know, it just, it did get a little, he got too much of the town in there. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let me ask you this. To what extent do you think a film needs to be accurate? Does it matter, really, if, if a movie isn't historically accurate um it does matter because then what gets shown like you know my i also saw it with my sister and her boyfriend who are younger my sister's still in her senior year of high school and they were talking about how they just show these movies these kinds of historical movies over and over again in their classrooms as part of history class and then this is actually what becomes a part of history. The history gets rewritten by the movies. It, you know, that whole quote about, Cal I think it was Calvin Coolidge or so, one of the presidents saw Birth of a Nation and was like, it's history written by lightning. Well, now it's history written by short-term memory because that's the only thing people are getting a piece of. So, like, you know, the fact that these kids watch The Patriot over and over and over from sixth grade on that's their whole take on the revolutionary war i think it's a very limited view so it, it kind of i don't like how it gets used how historical movies get used i guess i wouldn't probably take so much mind you know to make it entertaining if it wasn't for the fact that teachers are going to use this as you know a video tool and actually show like though this is how things were when it really, mm, no, it wasn't, or, mm, yeah, it was. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, in 20 years, are people going to be watching the social network and thinking, oh, that's how Facebook was actually created, and that's how it went down. And he did it just because he couldn't get over his, that girl. That girl. It all stemmed from her. Uh. <laughs> I, You know, again, I kind of feel like it's okay for a movie like this to take some liberties with the truth, as long as it's in the name of a larger artistic vision. Okay. And a, 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 if there's a real purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really see the purpose for changing the facts in Argo beyond, oh, we want to make it a little bit more exciting. We want to make it a little bit more accessible and hopefully bring in a little bit more money. So you just mentioned the social network, which also does sort of play a little bit with the timelines and the events that happen in the lives of the people involved. Like, what would your take on that? Like, did David Fincher live up to the fact that that he changed certain things for artistic reasons to build up the drama between the characters. Like, did, would you, did you buy that? I think the social network, I, I think that idea that it all came about because of that one girl that rejected him mm-hmm. and just that final shot of him trying to add her as his friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's so over the top that I feel like It's clearly done for thematic storytelling purposes, and I feel like most people who see that aren't going to come away thinking, oh, that's what Mark Zuckerberg is actually like, and that's why he did it. I could be wrong, (laughs) but... (laughs) I was going to say, yeah. (laughs) But that's... I definitely think there's more of a quote-unquote artistic vision behind Sorkin and Fincher's work on the social network than there is in Argo. Gotcha. And the other thing about Argo that really bothers me about the fact that it isn't historically accurate is the fact that it's about Hollywood and how Hollywood distorts the truth and is great at just selling lies. So here is a movie about how Hollywood bullshits and it itself is a giant piece of factual bullshit. What? So you don't like the self-fulfilling prophecy? No, not in this sense. Not in this sense. Because it, it, I, don't, I don't know. It just seems like Hollywood patting itself on the back and saying, aren't we so great? We're so good at lying that we could convince people that this was an actual movie that was being made. And we're so good at lying, we can make a movie about that movie called Argo and people will go see it and not question its accuracy. I mean, uh, I don't think it's that they won't question the accuracy, because it does say at the very beginning, based on a true story. So, at least there's that disclaimer. It's not just hidden on the post, it's not just hidden on the corner of the poster or something like that. It's it's very upfront about the fact that this is based on a true story. So, I'll give it a little slide on that. Right, it's, it's marketing itself as truth, when in fact it's not. Oh, they do that for everything i know they do that for everything but it it pissed me off more with this movie Mm -hmm. just because it's about hollywood lying no how many how many shoot i'm forgetting is it the black dahlia or the blue dahlia i completely forgot like you know any movie that has to do anything with about hollywood there's a lot of based on a true story my week with Marilyn, you know based on a true story like 
I'm pretty sure they did some dramatic flares here and there with all of the stories that any story that has to do with Hollywood. It's just, just the way of the business. I don't think at any point, especially if it's a, a sort of narrative feature that's not a documentary, they are going to take those in order to, you know, it's entertainment value. It's no longer educational value or, or not in a no longer educational value, but it's not for the purpose of just mere education or instruction or propaganda. It's, it's for entertainment. Well, right. But what I'm saying is if you look at Argo, Argo is such a pat on the back for Hollywood. But it is so pro Hollywood and it's all about how Hollywood is so awesome that the movie business was able to save these six Americans and get them out of Iran. And it's 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 just it's really self-congratulatory. Mm-hmm. in my opinion, and the fact that it's doing that while also not being accurate about what actually happened kind of irritates me. Can you fault Hollywood for being Hollywood? There's, I, I guess that's kind of what you're doing right now. It's like, yeah, it's a dream factory. Why does this surprise you? Like, they've been doing this as as long as it's existed. They've, you know, recreated old historical things, and they've gone away with, you know, taking great artistic licenses with these these events. It's not. It's not that it takes artistic license with the events. It's that it takes artistic license with events, and then congratulates itself on its ability to lie and is so like yay hollywood we're awesome i mean it's a movie about liars that lies to the audience and that is what annoys me any any movie again like i kind of said any time you have hollywood as almost a character in the movie, I guess it kind of, it's always like in a good thing. It's never, even when it's talked about cynically, and, and even then, like it is talked about cynically, like you don't think it's a much of a critique or anything. It's not deep, but it's still like, it's not, I don't know. I don't see it so much as in the hero light as the government was. So the fact that this movie is congratulating itself for being great at lying while it lies to you doesn't strike you as incredibly pretentious. <laughs> No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't blame Hollywood for being Hollywood. Sorry. It clearly rubbed you the wrong way where it didn't rub me at all. Yeah, I, I just feel like if you're gonna make a movie about how awesome Hollywood is based on the fact that Hollywood is great at lying, can you at least tell me the truth about that? You're you're asking for the truth where there is none. I went to Hollywood, and I'm pretty sure I had the mindset that this was Disney World, because, yes, it is more or less a Disney World. Well, the, the last thing I want to say about Argo, you know, it, it, it's a fine movie. The thing that I ultimately came away thinking, though, was that I'm, I'm not really sure if there was a larger point to the film. As you mentioned, they do kind of touch on U.S. foreign policy and imply that in some ways we brought it on ourselves. Mm -hmm. But there isn't anything done to to really let us know why that event matters now and what effect that event had on international relations in the future. I mean, I'm not so sure that it has any sort of significant effect 
right now and you know obviously in the long run because it was it was such a small scale and this symbolism of it i mean for years we knew it as just oh the canadians helped us out i think it make it still makes a great story sure it makes a great story not every historical drama needs to have like a moralistic tale or this is this must be told because it's the birth of our country or it's the turning point of the war it, I think there could be some things that is just like, you know what, that's pretty cool. They set up a fake Hollywood production. CIA, the government, our tax money, set up a fake Hollywood production in order to save fellow Americans. I'm kind of down with that. It's a great campfire story, man. Yeah, but I, again, I, I guess it just goes back to what we were talking about earlier in regards to our adapting true stories and the idea that personally I want to see evidence of a really – unique artistic vision propelling an adaptation forward. And I think something that comes with that is a quote-unquote point or an attempt to draw some larger meaning out of this one event. Mm-hmm. And I don't really get that from Argo at all. I mean, if you, if you look at a film like, um, okay, getting back to, to Aaron Sorkin movies, mm-hmm. Charlie Wilson's War. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of that film, But one thing that it did do at the very end was it did bring it into the present day Mm -hmm. and imply, hey, these events were arguably directly linked to September 11th and events that would happen later. And that kind of, I guess, quote unquote, big picture Mm -hmm. analysis isn't present in Argo. And I kind of came away wishing that there that there was something there. Mm hmm. You know, some sort of big picture moment. I mean, I, I like the fact that it's like it's it's a short and sweet story. Uh, you know, it is it is for pure entertainment. Like, so I think that Charlie Wilson's War, if we're going to drag that in, it did have the purpose of saying these people put, putting their hands on things that did not, you know, concern them now has changed the lives of millions. So I think, yeah, there was a purpose. There was a clear agenda behind Charlie Wilson's war. Whereas this one, I think it's just a cool story of one guy saving the lives of six. Like it's a very small micro scale that it's, it's on, which I think allows it to become more of the light and fluffy entertainment that I'm, I'm taking it for basically for all of its tragedy that was around it. And, you know, a lot of the scary stuff that is around was going on at that time. But I, I don't know, like, I don't think it needed that. I think I might've even weighed it down and tried to might, might've been more serious than it needed to be. I mean, I, I don't mind the fact that it's a feel good movie. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is when when I watch a film based on a true story, I would like to come away reflecting on something that I can't get just by reading the Wikipedia page on what happened. And when I came away from Argo, I was thinking to myself, okay, that was a fun time, but did I really learn anything that I couldn't have gotten elsewhere? Did this really speak to to any larger truth or larger issue especially i mean because i feel like you know there 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 are conflicts going on in the middle east right now Mm -hmm. surely there's some way you could bring the present day concerns into this depiction of past events 
I'm buying it as an escapist little, you know, fantasy of a cupcake, you know, compared, like, you got a cupcake and you wanted a four square meal. I don't think you're going to get, you know, the political background and the in-depth analysis that I think you're looking, I think you're trying to make, or you want, or at least you want more out of your movie. Yes, I want more out of my true life movies. You know what? I'm good with a little Hello Dolly sometimes. I'm good with a little, you know, song and dance number, and I'm, I'll take entertainment for face value. That, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe I'm being too harsh, but... You maybe just really didn't like Ben Affleck's hair. I really think that's where <laughs> men have a lot of problems, is just that hairstyle has just got to go. I guess I feel like if if you're going to make escapist entertainment, mm-hmm. make escapist entertainment. Make Die Hard 5. Make a new... James Bond, you know, make Looper, make a fictional fun movie. Don't mess with history? Is that what you want? Like, don't touch my history? Not don't touch my history, but if you are going to touch history and if you are going to deal in real life events, I want you to have something to say about it. Because people lived through that. Mm -hmm. And even though I didn't always live through it, I can read about that in history books. And I want there to be some sort of artistic take on it that, that, that adds something new to the discussion, if that makes sense. Otherwise, why bother? It makes sense, but I really don't think even a lot of... A lot of historical biopics or whatever, they don't offer those critiques. It's just not there. Um, I'll, I'll bring in the little slew of like musician ones that happen, like Ray and uh, Walk the Line or so, um, the Johnny Cash one that Joaquin Phoenix started. They really didn't have anything to say other than these, these were the lives of these men. And they took a lot of dramatic um, license with some of those stories in order to ramp up the melodrama between the people. And I was perfectly fine with that. I know not, to, well, at least I know that it's not, you know, what may have actually happened here or there exactly on that day. But I still enjoyed both of those movies. I enjoyed those two, those movies too. But again, I didn't think that they were great. And it, it, was, it was even the same with The Social Network. Mm-hmm. I came away from that movie feeling like, okay, that was good. Mm-hmm. What was the overall point of telling that story? That's just me and how I tend to approach these based on a true story movies, I think. I, I, I tend to look for a deeper meaning or a, dist- a, a deeper interpretation or, or statement of some sorts. And most of the time, it's not there, and that frustrates me. So I come away feeling like, okay, that was fun, but that wasn't wonderful. That wasn't great. Mm-hmm. You know, why is why is this movie getting all the awards buzz? I don't I don't get it. It's it's only getting the awards buds because they haven't, you know, released Lincoln yet. All right, so hold on to your <laughs> top hats because that's where artistic license gonna go to town on history. I'm very interested to see Lincoln. Maybe we'll be having a similar conversation in in a, in in a few in a month or two. I can't wait when the vampires come in and you flip a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, "Wow, Spielberg's interpretation of Lincoln when he threw in those vampires. Now that was artistic vision right there." When ET makes I mean, a cameo, you ain't gonna know what happened. You ain't. He wasn't know. accurate, but he ran with his vision, and I applaud that. Oh my lord, I, I hate you. <laughs> All right, is there anything else you want to say about Argo? I liked it. End of story. I think you're judging it. Don't judge me. Hey, hey, I liked the film. No, you didn't. <laughs> No, I did. I, it, it's a good movie. It is not a great movie. Okay, fair. It's my least favorite I'll, Ben Affleck film. I agree with you. It's not my pick for top movie of the year. I'll say that. 
But a lot of love. A lot of love to homeboy, Boston boy, Ben Affleck. It's not on my top 10, probably not on my top 20. It's it's good. That's it. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I'll, I'll take that. All right. Well, that will wrap it up for part two of our discussion of Argo here on Cinema Fix. Don't forget to tune in next week when we'll be discussing Cloud Atlas. So much discussion. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how Cloud Atlas turns out. I actually, I, I have the book. Uh, I got it from the library, but I haven't had a chance to read it yet. So maybe I'll just plow through it in a week. Maybe. Before I see the film. Okay. Have you read the book? I have not. If it's longer than the movie, I can't do. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did you have any idea what to expect from this epic centuries spanning tale from the Wachowskis and Tom Tickver? No, I'm just, I'm plugging my ears. I'm not reading anything. And I only just saw the trailer today because my parents asked me not to leave during the trailers. I usually don't watch trailers, but they told me, please don't disturb the nice people next to us and just sit through it. Oh, good for you. You're you're a woman after my own heart. Oh. You're avoiding trailers. <laughs> yeah, I hate trailers. Good for you. Um, but yeah, so now I just saw it, and now I'm like, oh my god, three hours of all of this. I have no idea what the movie's about still, so I'm just going to try and go in as fresh as possible. It's about everything. Oh, I'm so dead. I'm so dead. All right. Well, we'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes. So if you liked this episode, please write us a review. That would really help us get the word out about the show. Mm -hmm. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate your help. And don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including our new show, all about the ABC series Last Resort, Dispatches from St. Marina. Monica, where can people find you online? People can find me online on the Twitters at mcasti movies that's m-c-a-s-t-i movies and online at the phoenix dig boston and bitch magazine i'm andrew johnson you can find some of my writing at www.filmgeekradio.com at the moment on the website i am going through all of the james bond movies in chronological order and writing feature articles on each of them in preparation for skyfall so tune in to that you can also follow me on Twitter at WriterAndrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I'll follow you back. All right, I am Andrew Johnson. And I'm Monica Castillo. And have fun this week getting high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!